feature presentation. Welcome back to another untitled gaming review and discussion. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Well, Matt, I didn't go past PS2, so I'm here for emotional support. <laughs> if you guys, uh, yes, today we are reviewing The Last of Us Part 1, which is the PlayStation 5 remake of the original uh, Last of Us game, which is over, uh, I mean, about a decade old at this point, which is wild, absolutely wild. Um, if you guys uh, are new listeners or new viewers, you might go, why the hell are they reviewing a video game? Um, if you've been listening or watching for a long time, uh, maybe you're a gamer, maybe you're not. If you clicked on this, you probably are. Um, but I did review The Last of Us Part 2 uh, during the pandemic, kind of early days in the pandemic. It was at that time where we're like, shit, no movies are coming out. Um, how can we get creative? And, and one of the ideas I had was, well, why don't we try once in a while, if it interests myself or, or someone else, if I bring it on the guest or maybe even Eric, uh, or maybe it's relevant to the movie world that we review a video game that has a great um, story and that is very cinematic. So, you know, and, and maybe maybe someone who's clicking on this or listening just listens to us and they're not gamers, but it might show them that these games are very cinematic and it might be something that you want to play. Um, so that's why I reviewed The Last of Us Part 2. You can go check that out. It's on Untitled Movie Reviews, I believe, or it might be on the other show. Just search uh, Last of Us Part 2 Review Untitled movie podcast and you'll find it um and this one's going to be a little bit different so um i have been playing the last of us part one on playstation 5 um game provided by playstation canada um i think we do have to say that still um i was given this game for early access to play with it and kind of give my impressions of uh how i feel like this remake is but how i wanted to kind of tackle this today and why eric is here as well he also tagged along on my last of his part two review even though it was just me basically blabbing for over an hour uh, myself eric will be a little bit more involved today asking questions and we're also going to kind of use this to also talk about the last of us on hbo so we did get our first teaser sort of um for the last of us on hbo as part of an hbo max hbo sizzle reel where they did show about 10 seconds of footage which was a weird way to premiere footage from that show but you um, ate it up but i have some theories on when we will get uh, a full trailer which i'm sure most people who are last of us fans assume that is it's coming up soon in late September, I think. Um, but I wanted to use this of if you should play The Last of Us Part 1 uh, before watching the HBO show. That's kind of how I'm tackling this review. Because I think everyone knows The Last of Us, the first game, I think one of the best video games of all time. Uh, one of the best video game stories of all time. And one of the best stories I have uh, experienced uh, of all time. And if you've been a fan of our show or you've known me, like you've known that I haven't shut up about The Last of Us for the last 10 years. So I have been obsessed with it. Um, I uh, have considered getting an, uh, an Ellie tattoo. Um, uh, the tattoo Ellie has, not of like Ellie's face or something. That'd be weird. <laughs> Just thumbs um, up. But some people have that. Um, and I've been so excited and I've always said that it becoming an HBO show or a movie or something like that. I've always wanted that to happen because I want to share this with people who don't play video games like Eric or my mom or my wife and, and, and you know, people who just don't really consume video games. Uh, this is going to be different because like, obviously this is both going to be a conversation for people who might be interested in playing the video game. Maybe you haven't played The Last of Us at all, and now the series is coming out, and you're like, should I do it now that there's a remake coming out for PS5? Um, maybe you've already played The Last of Us, and you played The Last of Us Part Two. And weirdly, this is technically the second remake of the original last of us because it did get a remaster on playstation 4 so the original last of us came out uh on playstation 3 um 
kind of at the end of the PlayStation 3 era, right when the PlayStation 4 was coming out. So when the PlayStation 4 came out, uh, they did do a remaster of The Last of Us on PlayStation 4, which just kind of was the exact same game. They just improved the graphics a little bit uh, because it... uh, um, could be boosted by the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro. So we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of The Last of Us. It came out in 2013. Um, And Eric, I mean, jump in whenever you want, man. Like we can either start with the HBO stuff or we'll kind of give my thoughts on the game and then go into the HBO stuff. But I know you're not a gamer at all, but you have heard me talk about this fucking thing for the last nine years. Yes, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the day when Conquer's Bad Fur Day gets the same hbo treatment i'm hoping that's soon fingers crossed i'm all for that man um i think the first question i have just in terms of this re-release is it something similar to what we were talking about with dragon ball z kai not that it's been truncated but like some of the scenes have been re-rendered or 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 the animation's been updated or is it something like where a blu-ray will or a movie will get another uh addition release based on how well it's selling or an anniversary or a milestone coming up i i would say it's maybe more of the latter than the former so or a mix of the two because like and how they've been pitching this and and i can now talk about the game fully and and i've been playing it like it is very familiar to me like i've played the last of us the first game it's 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 a heavy game so it's not something that you're like i need to i want to replay the last of us every year but like i i played the original game i think twice and then i played the remaster before last of us part two came out um and then i played through the last of us part two twice before the game even came out um which is like a long ass game too um so i've had my a a huge fill of the last of us i played the multiplayer i like i've I've read the comic i played the dlc like i i you know obsessed over it mostly and just screamed it from the rooftops at people this version is essentially think of it as like a shot for shot remake of a movie so they've so Gus Van Sant psycho sort of but better than that I guess does it and but I think you're you make a good point as like a an anchor point for movie fans of being like is this necessary like the original game exists um it's a very good video game do, do you need to play this and I think flat out just to get you know eight minutes in uh of what I feel um I I think that varies on, you know, how much money you want to spend um, mostly and like no one is forcing you to buy this. I think it is perfect for people who have never played The Last of Us, obviously, and have somehow missed it over the last nine years. And I think it is totally worth the $70 American or $90 Canadian that it'll be. Um, Video games are expensive, especially in Canada now. Um, I think if you have played The Last of Us, um, I could see you going, I don't know if I need to spend that money to play the exact same game again. Is it absolutely stunningly gorgeous on PS5? Because every character model has been redone. All the, like basically every ounce of the game has been redone for PlayStation 5. So it is a gorgeous video game. Uh, the animations have been redone. It's so much more realistic looking like the gameplay is more modern. It still very much feels like the first Last of Us and not completely like The Last of Us Part Two. A lot of the gore animations and 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 AI from some of the you know bad guys have obviously been improved and, and reminds me more like Last of Us Part Two. But um, I think straight up, like I don't think if you played that first game and you're on the fence of going, I don't know, do I need to play this? I don't think you need to play this if you've already played the last of us i think if you're a huge fan um i have been having a great time with it um i'm about 10 to 12 hours in so this is a review in progress um i i got the game on the weekend the embargo's coming up so i wanted to get something out and i have played the game before so it's not like i don't know it's a it's a great video game um 
but yeah, I, I don't know. Like if you've already played the game, like uh, is improved graphics and gameplay that is better um, worth that very hefty price when the original game is there and you can either get for very cheap or probably even free. Um, I think if you want to play that original version, you're not necessarily um, going to have a bad time. I still think it holds up. I think it is a little clunky because it was made nine years ago. Um, It obviously, when you look at it side by side, you're like, the amazing thing about video games is like at the time you go, Oh my God, this game is gorgeous. Like uncharted is gorgeous. The last of us, the last of us is gorgeous. Exactly. And then I look back at it nine years later when you compare the remake, what it looks like to what the original looked like. And you're like, that looks like garbage. (laughs) You're like, and it doesn't look like garbage, but when you just see how much, you know, technology has improved over the last 10 years, how much Naughty Dog has improved the, the developers over the last 10 years, that you can see why, especially with the HBO show coming out, why they wanted to do this, right? Last of Us Part Two uh, was an incredible experience on the PlayStation 4, also very great on the PlayStation 5. They wanted a game, I feel like, that would sync up better to that part too, especially with the HBO show coming out where you're going to get so many more eyes on this. You're probably like video games are a big thing, but they are also still niche, right? Like they're, they're probably the biggest industry in entertainment uh, when it comes to money making and, and popularity and stuff like that. But they still fear, feel weirdly like a subculture where when something's on HBO, yeah, my mom's going to watch it. You're going to watch it, Eric. Right. And then those people, maybe not you and my mom, uh, but other people who go, Oh, what's this new zombie show or whatever. And it's not really about zombies, but like, um, then they go, Oh shit. It's based on a video game that people say is great. I want to go play that. So I understand why, Naughty Dog goes, well, maybe we don't like the game nine years ago is great. And I think it's, it still exists if you want to go play it. Like they're not taking it away from you. They're not ripping it from the digital stores from my knowledge or anything like that. If you own a physical copy, you'll always be able to play that game. It's not like the um, Star Wars, the original Star Wars films where, where the original version way yeah. to kind of completely make it obsolete. where this is the only version you can play. Like that's yeah. not going to be the case. It's just another option for people to play, especially new players and diehards. I feel like if you're sort of on the fence, then you don't need to spend the $90 Canadian or the $70 American um, to play this game. But Again, if you're new or you've, you're going to watch the HBO show and you're interested to kind of completing that story earlier than what the show will give you, I think it's totally worth your time. Like I, I, I do. There are times where I just pause the screen or I'm playing and I'm so engrossed in it. I'm like, God damn, this is a gorgeous uh, video game. And it just makes everything more impactful. Um, I feel like, you know, I still cried at the opening of this game. Um, all the character beats, just seeing, you know, the wrinkles in people's faces and them like emoting, you get what the original performances, um, intended and they don't have that weird uncanny Valley video gamey thing where at the time was great. The story was still hugely impactful, obviously. Um, but I just feel like it does add another layer to this that makes it again more modern fits with that second game better um and i think is totally worth your time if you don't mind investing that money i think that's the big conversation people are going to keep coming back to um is like well it's the same game and you're charging full price for it and i think people don't love that but again no one's forcing you to play this if you don't want to play it don't play it (laughs) like just go play the original um but it's there for people who do and i feel like the additions that they've made not only you know from a graphical uh side um you also have um a, a different modes the accessibility options i think are a huge reason of why this should exist like naughty dog with last of us part two uh, had the most in-depth accessibility options i've seen in a mainstream video game where they just go well we want anyone to be able to play our game or, or as close to anyone as possible so you can go in and customize every aspect of the game um to make it uh Uh, to make it playable for you, whether that's making moments skippable or whether it's changing 
uh, colors so you can see them better, just making everything be red and blue or, or different things being smaller or bigger or guide you in the direct right direction. It even has like voice directions and stuff like that. Um, and it's just wild the amount of accessibility options that are in the game, not necessarily something I'm using, um, but I think makes it worthwhile for this game to exist. Um, I am noticing subtle differences in like, I don't know if it's just because it looks so much different now and looks so beautiful now that I'm going, is this exactly how this scene played out or did they add something, whether it's like a music cue or subtle direction changes and things like that? Like it's it's interesting because I didn't play The Last of Us original game right before I played this. It's been a few years um, where I'm like, oh, that felt like it was completely different. It, it, all the big moments happened in the exact same way. And, you know, the line deliveries are very it's using the same you know, performances and it's not like uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai where they came in and redid all the animations and the, and the voice acting and stuff like that. It is the original performances just with much better animation and graphics. Um, but I, I don't know if it's just my head playing tricks with me of going like, Oh, was that exactly how that played out? Or am I just because this looks so good that I think it's, a completely new addition to it. So those moments are happening, which even me as a diehard, um, I think I find refreshing and that might just be because it, it looks so great. And uh, then they added in a lot of the stuff from the last of us part two, where it's like, um, you know, your chapters and, and where you are in the story and you can go replay um, uh, some missions very easily and see what collectibles you missed. You can kind of go through, uh, and any confrontation you've had throughout the game, you can replay that. Um, so they've added all this stuff that makes it feel like a much more modern game and, and fits like it is one thing with The Last of Us Part Two. Like I feel like, and it'll also, I'm assuming, retcon a couple things that they sort of retconned in The Last of Us Part Two, where a character looked like a generic doctor, but was a specific character in the in The Last of Us Part Two, right? So like, it will be that character model now from Part Two in this version of the game, and I think things like that is like that kind of George Lucasy sort of insert this in in there now just to make it make sense. But the McClunky um, of it all, yeah. Which is I don't know. I don't I don't mind that. And again, that original version is there if you want to go play it. Um, so yeah, I mean, they added a speed run mode, which to me, this isn't a game that I necessarily want to speed run or even want to watch others speed run. Eric, do you know what speed running is? It's just like, I have no idea. It's trying to beat a video game or a section of a game um, as quickly as you possibly can. And I think because of some of the, you know, gun mechanics and the and the sneaking around trying to kill the clickers and the um and the different enemies in the game, I feel like that's where that speedrun element comes into. It's not maybe the more traditional speedrun I'm thinking of, of like they try to glitch a game to get to the ending as quickly as possible to say you could beat the game in 10 minutes if you do this weird thing where you go through a wall and jump down to the the end level or whatever, where I feel like it's gonna be mostly like how quickly can I get through this section of the game? Because there are a lot of stealth moments and, um, and different things where, um, you can easily, you know, get overwhelmed by enemies or just are very kind of difficult to get through based on the difficulty setting. They also have things like permadeath that they added in and which are all from the second game where it's like, if you want to be insane, you, you go through the game and you have one life. And if you die, it's erased. You have to start from the beginning and you can go based on chapter based or section based or the entire game. Um, and I've always wanted to do that because I feel like it would add so much more tension to the game and would make you play in a completely different way because I'm more of the, I'm just going to shoot everything, um, kind of player where like I, I'm a chaotic game style where, uh, if there's a group of enemies, like I'll just let them know where I am by shooting a dude in the face and then take everyone out rather than more of the stealth gameplay. And I've tried to mix it up a little bit where you try to choke out 
some some of the uh the the human characters and sneak around and kill some of the clickers and and i'll just call them zombies they're not zombies but that's easier for everyone um I, they don't like when you call them zombies but um anyways the story is still fantastic it's um it is a great great video game i think it's a great remake but i do think eric you made a great point about the psycho shot for shot remake where i don't necessarily think gus van sant's psycho is a bad movie because well, it was more of an this, experiment yeah right? where this seems and, more deliberate right is this is this something that <clears throat> is common with video games that are successful the way that the last of us is where it's like okay you know it's sold well for over a number yeah. of years to maybe keep interest going we'll do an updated version almost like a software update in a weird way you're absolutely nailing it eric and you don't even know like there's two different things remastered and remakes right yeah. so i already mentioned last of us already got a remaster right after it came out because of ps4 they wanted to put it out there it still looked better than the ps3 version and then when they call something a video game remake is it can be completely different from that original game but has the same story or might be something like the last of us where it's more of a shot for shot almost but then updates the gameplay to make it more modern or and you see a lot of that um in video games where it's not necessarily like you know that's a whole other can of worms of if people are okay with that but again no one is ever forcing you to purchase any of these things and because people buy them is why they keep getting made right like people for some reason they it's partly that nostalgia thing a game that i really liked and now i can play it how you remember it was right like that's all this is it's like oh i remembered it like this and now i get to experience that in 2022 or or whatever and, and how it would look like now and um you know i'm fine with it and i don't play a ton of them but like people want metal gear solid to get a remake right because that is a game that is still fantastic and has fantastic themes and ideas but it is a bit dated because it came out on the playstation one right like it's just if you could have that amazing story that kojima uh put in all of his metal gear games and then build that to be almost photorealistic in in playstation 5 like we're getting that close where the character models in last of us like part one like it they look phenomenal and uh, you, you know better you still than Catherine, can tell a dh Catherine keener yes really and like you can still tell that it's a video game don't get me wrong and like depending on what setting you play on you either get a higher frame rate or you get more 4k graphics and i almost i played a lot of the game in performance mode which is like 60 frames per second upscaled 4k and then i switched it to the full 4k mode which goes 40 frames per second or 40 hertz and i almost liked it more because we're more film guys where the game has this film grain on it the whole time like a, like a digital film grain that it puts onto it to give it some texture which you can turn off but i i love it um and i loved the 4k mode because the fidelity i think it's called fidelity mode i feel like i'm just reading the pr thing but um it, it's I loved it because I kind of like that more framey look because movies are in 24 frames per second, right? So when it's in 40 frames and I kind of notice that light kind of flicker that you get from even 24 frames, it makes it feel more filmic to me. And this game is also coming out on PC eventually. And I love on, you can play an ultra wide on PCs. Like obviously you can't do that on uh, PlayStation five right now, but like, that's my ideal thing. You know how much I love 239 ultra wide widescreen kind of thing. And like this game in that, oh my, oh, I might have to like play it on PC again just for that. So it is a beautiful game. I'm remembering it like beat for beat other than those slight things where I'm like, has that been changed? And I feel like, you know, they did kind of remake the game from the ground up but i feel like it is more so using the same animations and the same shot composition and everything like that and then that's why ultimately i feel like it does still feel like an older game than part two right like even though they updated the game mechanics and made it feel more modern like joel still plays different than ellie and ellie in the second game it incorporates a lot of 
you know, I feel like more, even more modern feeling gameplay mechanics, whether it's sneaking around or running through things and hiding under cars and how the AI works and things like that. So I, I still feel like it does very much feel like a remake um, rather than a completely new game. Um, like it, even though everything is built from the ground up, it, it still feels like last of us, which I think is both a very good thing. Uh, but to some people might be like, uh, well, I've already played the last of us. So like, I don't know if I need that and that's totally fair, but I would have paid the money for this game and I wouldn't have been disappointed, but I am a huge last of us fan. Um, and I, I would just having this game in how great it looks um, is worth it for me. And then feeling a bit modern where it doesn't feel as clunky because even going from on the uncharted games, which are also made by naughty dog to the last of us, I remember playing the last of us for the first time and going, Ooh, Oh no, I don't love how Joel feels. He doesn't feel like Nathan Drake. Um, but Joel isn't supposed to feel like Nathan Drake and Joel isn't supposed to feel like Ellie does, right? Like he's older. He's like a, He's like in his 50s in the game, right? Like it jumps ahead 20 years after the outbreak happens. Um, so, you know, he's supposed to feel like that and he can't jump around and, and slide through things like Ellie can um, and stuff like that. So that's all still there. Um, but anyways, from a storytelling standpoint, like I still think it's one of the best stories, uh, you know, in video game history. I, it's one of my favorite just stories in general. And uh, if you have not played it before, I think it is the perfect, um, perfect reason to do so. And I think it's totally worth the money. If you want to save the money and play the original, I'd say or just wait for this to go down in price a little bit. Like it's probably going to go down within by Christmas, like which is a couple months. So like if you or by the time the HBO show comes out, they're probably going to drop the price then to even hit those people up. Um I think it might be worth that, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Like for a guy who's played this game at least three times already, I'm itching like after we're done recording this, like I am halfway through the game or so. Um, but I might, it's between this and dragon ball. What I want to do, (laughs) I should be watching, uh, TIFF screeners. Um, but I, I've wanted to watch dragon ball and, and play the last of us again. Um, so, you know, that's, that's saying something. So yeah, I've really enjoyed the hell out of it. So, um, the first, I'm actually almost done cause it's like a 15 hour game and I've about 10 hours in, so I could probably beat it in the next day or so, but, um, that's my thoughts on the game. I do think it is worth it personally, but that's a personal decision. So if you feel kind of like how I feel, yeah, 70 to 90 bucks, is worth it for this remake. Um, but I totally understand someone would be like, well, I've already played it. I don't necessarily need, um, need to do that. The other question I wanted to go and is a conversation. Now we can segue Eric. Um, we can kind of segue into the conversation about the HBO show. Um, so there was, uh, I'm not going to give the game a score to just because like it's a five out of five game. Um, I don't, I'm not done this version yet, so I don't think that that's fair. Um, but I do think that you should play it. Uh, the last of us on HBO. So there's two different things here. There's the teaser that came out. You are a last of us virgin. So you will be going into the show, uh, fresh and raw. Um, just the way I like it. That's that was my, that was my like it. Um, I will be going in obviously as a super fan, Um, the other question I wanted to answer was, should you play the last of us part one and the last of us part two, uh, before you watch the HBO show? Um, and that is a trickier question, uh, because I always being a movie guy and a, you know, um, a visual entertainment, um, uh, guy, um, I have this question a lot with books, right? Like people the who adaptation, are huge, right? Yeah. Ad, like uh, people who are uh, book dorks always go, the book is better than the movie or the book is better than the show, or you should read the book. And I always go, if it's a good book, it'll get turned into a movie or a TV show. Um, if it's not, then 
that's a reason why it never did. And like that is close-minded and, and stupid. And I'm just kind of being an ass when I say that. But I think the same question kind of applies here. And I would be a little bit of a hypocrite if I said, yes, you absolutely should. Um, I think you should take the route of if you are a gamer or you are open to playing video games because there is settings where you can turn everything down to basically story mode where it's just like you're basically just playing it to get the story it's very easy uh, or as easy as they want to make it but um i would say wait until the hbo show and watch that first season uh if you are obsessed with it or and really love where it's going and you're open to playing the game, the, the show's not going to be exact. I already know some details based on some character descriptions where it is going to be different, it seems like. And they will make it different, right? Like it's well, that's the, the point of an adaptation. Yeah. Right? It's still, I'm sure, going to be pretty close to the source material because it is a great story. Um, but recently I did this with Invincible, where I did read the Invincible comic before the show came, but at that time I didn't know an animated version was imminent. Um, when I watched the first season of Invincible, I then went back and reread the rest of Invincible because I, I, I was so into it. I was like, I need this story right now. I can't wait two years for or a year for the next season. So I think if you're interested in it, I think The Last of Us Part 1 is a perfect point to go in. And I do think that we're so close to the HBO show where I think maybe wait and then go and play Part 1 after you watch the first season. So that's kind of how I stand on that. Does that make sense, Eric, or no? Yeah, and I mean, I, I think like if you're looking at it from from broad strokes, from from a genre or movie point of view you know if you've seen enough dystopian movies or horror films that kind of depict post-apocalyptic worlds you know you have a sense of what the the story is kind of conveying like you know you you go into this you kind of maybe aren't familiar with the characters or the overall sort of narrative path that it's setting but you can kind of get a sense of like okay well you've seen other movies that have depicted you know worlds in ruin and civilization trying to survive against whether it be a supernatural force whether it be a man-made disaster and so it's not difficult to understand the the you know the movie literacy of it or the television literacy of it you know the narrative literacy so um you know like like everything you're describing to me, like it does sound like, you know, having read some of Cormac McCarthy's stuff, it it's, feels like it borrows a little bit from that. You know, over the years, we've talked about other movies that have kind of taken influence from The yeah. Last of Us, whether it be, you know, um, It Comes at Night, at which, night, yeah. uh, which, you know, Trey Edward Schultz's film, you, you mentioned before that like there are certain things with like wearing gas masks and sort of it, going even out the on way Twitter. that Joel Edgerton's character is dressed in that movie looks like Joel from the and last his name is us. Joel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, or even even the Maze Runner um, movies, you know, you've, you've mentioned that in, in the past as well, where like those films kind of feel like they are kind of borrowing from uh, The Last of Us a little bit in terms of just, you know, some of maybe the whether it be the creature design, whether it be just kind of like the, the set decor or, you know, the environments in which the characters find themselves in, um, you know, and and and. I mean, obviously, like video games have kind of influenced other filmmakers. I mean, like right now, Bioshock is being, you know, adapted into, into a Netflix series. And Gore Verbinski for the longest time was trying to make that into a film and that fell apart. But what kind of came out of that was a cure for wellness. And you could tell, like, even in that movie, there was a lot of, of influence of just like the design, yeah. and the aquatic kind of creature feature that was kind of going into it that kind of played a little bit almost like a Bioshock adjacent film in a way that, you know, the way that Gore Verbinski talked very passionately about wanting to make that movie, which is a bummer. But if we had gotten that, maybe we wouldn't have gotten, you know, Dane DeHaan getting his teeth ripped out. So, Good you know, Lord, yeah. silver linings, right. <laughs> or, uh, silver teeth in this case. Um, so yeah. So like, it's always just interesting to see like what kind of, you know, how art 
influences other mediums, whether it be film and television, video games, books, and how it kind of, you know, all seems to go back into one another in some way or another. Like you can tell that like there is a lot of influences in the last of us that, I mean, you mentioned zombies and even though, you know, like people don't like calling or the creators, I guess specifically don't like that. Yeah. It's like they're the infected. And then there's different like variations of the infected. So there's like runners, stalkers, clickers are the kind of iconic one that you're going to kind of see. And it's very like fungus, it super mario brothers um focused we even annihilation like, right yes annihilation is another thing that kind of takes that look right where yeah it's very fungal focused where like basically <laughs> mushrooms are growing out of their faces and then there's like bloaters which are these big uh bastards and and there's something called the rat king eric so yeah well, well all um, that again like it like it, it it feels like there's a lot there, like, you know, the walking dead, obviously, but then yeah. George Romero like, yeah. with, you know, night and, and, and dawn of the dead, which I mean, in a way, even though the, 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 um, this, this remake of the last of us part one is done by, um, PlayStation, like it's done by them specifically, like yeah. it's not a fan edit, but like, it's interesting that when night of the living dead was released into uh, the public domain and it was free to, you know, screen and bootleg and stuff like that. There are so many versions of that movie. There are fan edits. There are, there are editions of that film that you can buy that have up until even now that you can buy that have like scenes where characters will be talking about like how they got to, the house that they're all kind of stuck in and how scenes are like those, those, those scenes that they're describing become flashbacks and, you know, fan shot sequences to show you these characters, you know, getting from point A to point B. So it is fascinating that the world we live in, you know, we create something and then we remix it or re-edit it or reimagine it, um, whether it be by the people that originally did it or by somebody that's influenced by it or whether it's just a fan thing. Like even like just talking about like how Topher Grace, you know, did the yeah. prequels uh, edit on YouTube. And I don't know. Th- I don't think it's there anymore. But, um, you know, basically taking the best parts of those films and condensing it into one movie. I mean, obviously he didn't redo anything, but you know, like it's just fascinating that in the video game world, this seems to be more common than it is in the world of film. Like I think if like the first, we get a lot of remakes, but remakes in the film world, I feel like are very different where they feel like completely different movies with the same character. Right. What, What I'm thinking though, is like if, if somebody, not even not even a remake in terms of like redoing it from the very beginning yeah but i'm talking about like just like a literal upgrade in the technology yeah. in the aesthetics exactly yeah. like if somebody did that with toy story right it i just made them that would be interesting but as long as the original version is there unlike the way that george lucas tried to basically like bury those original star wars films because but isn't that kind of what the disney live action remakes are kind of like they are but again you can still get the original versions of and them, i think that's always know? important right yeah. and i think that's important in this case and there are times where because everything's so digital now and video game preservation is a whole separate thing is that uh, film preservation is a whole separate thing too of like, if you delete all the digital files to something, unless you have that physical copy and a PS three or a PS four to play it on, like you can't play that original version. Right. But like, I'm glad with the last of us, it seems like that remaster version is going to be there if you want it um but you this is here too so yeah it it, it's definitely an interesting thing that happens quite often uh in the in the video game world um okay let's go on to the last of us hbo show because i think this is like a perfect kind of tie-in this game i think that's the reason why they're releasing it um i think it's just basically prep and planning for that show to come out. Like, I mean, right before and to keep interest, right? Like, like again, yeah, this should excited exactly. And keep it, uh, you know, in the conversation, we got that with house of the dragon coming out, which we did talk about on the most recent episode of the untitled movie podcast. Go check that out. Um, they did drop like a HBO max HBO sizzle reel where we got our first look at footage 
for the last of us show. So randomly people have been looking for any details about this show. We, it was rumored to be pushed to next year. That was confirmed in here. We did get about 10 seconds of footage. You got uh, a shot of Joel running with his daughter. You got Joel talking to Ellie and Pedro Pascal. Uh, his Joel voice is spot on. It is perfect. Um, you see Nick Offerman pulling off a gas mask, revealing his look for Bill. Um, you also see, um, um, so, oh my gosh, the actress playing uh, Ellie uh, from Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, and she's in uh, the, the new Lena Dunham movie too. HBO, I'm a horrible fan. Uh, Bella Ramsey. Um, and, and I know people aren't sold on her because she doesn't look like Ellie, but, uh, you know, I, that's fine to me. Like I, we only, we get such a brief little moment of her in this. It's like 10 seconds of footage that, um, I, I don't think you can judge her based on that. Um, a lot of people we don't see, but you do see Nico Parker as uh, Joel's daughter, Sarah, and he's carrying her. That's at the beginning of the show and in the game, um, like as the outbreak is happening, um, it was just awesome to see that, you know, just that brief look at footage, um, uh, for that show. And, uh, Eric, I mean, you being new to it, it's so little, but did you get anything from that or, I mean, I'm excited about it in terms of like a genre, another genre, especially cause the who's involved too. Yeah. Right? I mean, to me, when I saw Nick Offerman, he just looked like Nick Offerman, but kind of a little bit like his character devs in, in, in a way, speaking of, you know, annihilation and, and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. It seems like HBO really is putting the time and effort into making this the best version of this iteration as possible, and and want to, you know, make it their next big flagship series. You know, in the same way that they did with Game of Thrones or The Sopranos and and things like that that were very popular, but also um critically acclaimed you know throughout their run so you know if the time and effort is there and it's uh you know a lot of it was shot in vancouver or in, in, uh, in calgary oh calgary bc in general um alberta alberta <laughs> i'll get there eventually uh it's late but 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 out west um in in canada's west i mean you know it's a lot of flat land it's a lot of kind of you know more uh, rural um, locations that kind of seem to be always of an interest when it comes to shooting anything that has kind of like a hellscape or post-apocalyptic yeah. feel that's kind of suburban or not suburban um, kind of rural or, or anything that has like forest that yeah. always seems to be the place to go so it'll be interesting to see how maybe they use those locations in interesting ways so you know, like, again, I'm, I'm excited for it just based on the very small snippet of footage that we've seen. I'm sure it's going to be a big deal. And once they do release a, a full trailer or, or a substantial teaser, I think it will get a lot of people excited just thinking about like, oh, this is, you know, a new series with the guy who's on the Mandalorian and he's doing the Mandalorian and this at the same time. And then genre fans will be like, who haven't played the game will be like, oh, this is kind of like another zombie-esque story. Like, you know, I'm sure Walking Dead fans maybe have had enough of Walking Dead and they'll go to yeah. this and they'll realize what quality is, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, as much as I like Robert Kirkman's work on, on Invincible, I think the walking dead you know after frank darabont left like just like okay what's, what's the point yeah. there um even then, though i was yeah, the really excited about that show i remember being like okay there's never been really a zombie show on television and now we've had like 10 years of it but we're about yeah. to get a good one i i promise you um I yeah hope and, so because like i'm and yeah, the directors go, go. too i just want to yeah. say i think that the, the the i think the other thing that excites me the most is that neil Druckmann and craig mazin have picked european filmmakers or you know middle eastern filmmakers that are not your conventional like studio directors or, or, studio or even or... yeah like i mean i love like tim van patten who's done a lot of work on a lot of different hbo series is always kind of like one of the go-to guys that shoots a lot of the stuff and and he's amazing i don't want to take away or the staple of hbo directors that they usually work with because they know what they're doing 
and they they've got a style and, and what have you but you know going with the director of holy spider or going with the director of beanpole or cuvada atis it, it, it's like okay well that is going to interest a lot of people that are on the kind of like you know, uh, cinephile side of things that maybe don't care for video games, but loved those, you know, movies, but much of which played festivals like Cannes and Toronto and, and other parts of the world and be like, Oh, this director is directing maybe one or two episodes of the show. And I'll tune in just for that, because I'll be curious to see if any of their signature style, you know, translates into um, this series. And maybe, you know, as well, you'll have, people that really love the show and the video game do the opposite where they'll watch one of those episodes and maybe one will be a, a, a highlight and they'll be like, I got to see this beanpole movie. Like this, this that's director, what I hope, man. You yeah. know, like did something really interesting here. I'd like to see what, you know, he did with his first feature film at the age of 28, you know, and it basically made everybody pissed that a 28 year old can make a movie is as, as powerful yeah. and disturbing and a film that kind of feels like, you have to earn by, you know, living in the world, but he did it at, at such a young age. So yeah, like it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, I hope it works, you know, part and parcel with that, where like, you know, the people that are coming to this for the games or, or the games, yeah, the, the, both of the games or just the love of it will take something away from it and maybe discover, you know, these filmmakers. And then, you know, the people that are going to it based on those filmmakers will have a deeper appreciation for, um, you know, video games and not just think of it as, okay, well, we've had so many bad experiences with video game adaptations for films. I mean, you know, joked about Mario brothers, but you know, it seems like there's been ample opportunity to make something unique or creative and it always seems to fail. And I can't completely articulate why other than maybe just like the storytelling is too one-on-one or something like that but like you look at everything from assassin's creed to max Payne to it just it kind of feels like every opportunity you know like the bar has been set so low that when you know you praise something like tomb raider or even uncharted to a certain degree it's like okay well you know like you're they're doing the bare the bar's minimum not high, yeah. No, yeah so and you that's why I, I i fucking hope man like everything i've seen and read about you mentioned all the directors having the original you know creator involved with neil Druckmann, like working with craig mazin neil Druckmann's directing an episode you have that good mix of that kind of you know european like art house cinema and tv directors because you still have jeremy webb and and uh and lisa johnson and peter hoare who are more tv people but then you have ali abasi and and kantamir bagalov and like uh jasmila zibanich and like it you you just have this really interesting mix of people and i feel like they have all the ingredients right and from the cast like pedro pascal is killing it like from the two seconds i've heard where i'm like that is joel his voice is Joel and I can't wait to see him as Joel. And I'm sure I'm going to feel the same way about Bella Ramsey uh, as Ellie. And, and I think Nick Offerman is such a great choice. I know he, he came into the role being re- recasted and even in the cast, they have such a good mix of people who were in the video game, either reprising their roles in the show or playing a different character. So you have Jeffrey Pierce who played Tommy in the game, who was playing a different character named Perry, trying to think who perry is in the game um but then you have uh merle dandridge who played marlene in the game playing marlene in the show right and then you have ashley johnson and troy baker who played joel and ellie uh in the show saying that they have uh roles in at least a couple episodes like it's not just a cameo like uh like nolan north like nolan north yeah um where they actually have you know uh, something to do in the show so it'll be interesting to see who they play and like um i loved murray bartlett in in the white lotus and his character frank that he's playing isn't really a character in the game he's he's a presence in the game but you never see that person really so like that's really interesting to me like there's these subtle changes that i even see from the casting that I'm like, oh, they're going to show you more. It's not just going to be what you get in the game, right? Like the game is 15 hours long, but you got to think a lot of that is gameplay, right? 
like a lot of that is exploring. A lot of that is fighting the infected. A lot of that is you taking your time through that game where they definitely have to beef it up and, and, you know, there'll be action sequences and I can't, the, the production value looks in, insane. Like you said, Eric, like a lot of it is traveling across the U S so you're going to have these big wide open spaces. Which is Vancouver, right? Um, <laughs> Calgary, Calgary, um, BC. And then, uh, um, and then, but what I've seen of how they actually shut down big sections of Calgary to kind of use those locations, like in the city, because a lot of this game is in big cities, but it's all overgrown and overtaken. Um, and I think there's some really interesting stuff you can do with the fireflies. Cause in the game, the fireflies are basically the fireflies were this, um, you know, this uh, not militia, but this group that kind of rose up to fight against the government who was, you know, uh, running the quarantine zones and things like that. And we're trying to find a cure. And, and that's basically the premise of the original game is that they're trying to find a cure and the fireflies are this kind of subgroup. And I feel like you can really flesh them out a little bit because Marlene is a character that really is in a little bit of the beginning and then some of the end of the game. Um, And then the fireflies are not really like you just kind of sort of see them here and there. You don't get much from them. You get a lot more kind of backstory and stuff in the second uh, the second game and stuff. So uh, I don't know how much they're going to cover. Like I'm at a part with the characters, Henry and Sam who are, are cast as Lamar Johnson and, and Kevin Woodard um, in the show. So you were mentioning least... today to me that Lamar Johnson's from brother, the yep. Virgo movie. Yep. He's in like that. He's one of the, the co-leads in that. And um, you know, it seems like they, even uh, Graham Greens in the show too, Ooh. which is um, I didn't so realize. Um, and then uh, I believe uh, Brendan Fletcher is cast as Robert, which is an integral character um, in The Last of Us Two, which is near. I have a feeling like I'm not going to say where I think season one will end, but I know a cliffhanger moment from the first game where something happens. And then it time jumps, not too far in the future, but it time jumps after that. So like there is a moment where something happens that I'm pretty sure that's where they're going to end season one. Um, I don't know if they'll end it exactly on that moment because I'm trying to figure out. I think that's where they will end it, though. Um, I have a really good feeling I know where they're going to end season one, which is I'm psyched for because I think it's a great cliffhanger and if i know how tv works they love a good cliffhanger so um i have a a really good feeling where they're going to end season one based on me even replaying the game bringing it full circle like where i am now and a moment that i know is coming up soon i think soon after that robert character i just brought up where um uh, i'm just saying that i'm then very curious of where season two goes because last of us part two time jumps again and ellie's in her you know mid to late 20s in in the last of us part two and there are some flashbacks but i'm like do you cast an older ellie which they are doing in game of thrones right now right like they did cast two actresses as um you know a younger character and olivia cook playing the older character right and they're only like one's a 19 year old and one is in their 20s or 30s right so like um it's not beyond the realm of possibility that season two or season three, maybe not right away in season two, um, they cast someone else as a older Ellie and then have flashbacks with um, this cast. But I don't know, man, I'm psyched. I cannot wait. I have some plans in here for our last of us coverage that I want to do. Um, and this just made me excited for the show, which is another reason why they're putting this out here. Right. I think it's for fans of this series to get psyched for the show. It's for people who are interested in the show. Cause Oh, my other theory before we go, um, uh, I'll put this as a time code of Matt's trailer theory. Um, I think we are going to get a, which other people who know last of us. Okay. Trailer theory right now. Um, I think 
The Last of Us Outbreak Day is September 26th, which is like the anniversary of when the outbreak happens kind of in the game and stuff. Um, they have to. That's going to be when the full trailer drops. You got to think like if this show or is an aiming. NFT. No, because um, <laughs> every year on Outbreak Day, they make a big deal about, you know, merch and stuff you can buy and they release different. It's like May the 4th like, be with you. And exactly. Like yeah. Um. So. With this little teaser dropping during this HBO thing and people going, well, why didn't we get a full trailer? I think they're holding it for Outbreak Day. And that makes sense to be end of September leading into October spooky season. And this looks like it's going to premiere January or February. It looks like that early next year, you think like that you think they wouldn't save that for like, I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, obviously the difference with releasing films versus television is a whole other thing, because when it comes to films, when you release a movie at the beginning of a year, I think it'll be February, which my birthday, February 8th. We get it, Matt. You love The Last of Us. Jeez. Um, okay. But but when you release a film in the first couple of months of the year, it's usually considered that the... the, the does the TV play is, by those rules? No, no. Know. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the film studio considers them dumping it or they just consider it maybe a commercial play because we've gotten stuff recently where like, you know, they released Scream uh, in, in January and it did quite well. But when it comes to television, it seems like, you know, if you release something over the summer, it's like that's like the, the time of year where the studio or the the TV people are kind of like, OK, well, we don't really have any faith in this. I think we'll get it early next year because I think they were aiming for this fall and they pushed it a little bit like because it seemed like it was going to air this year. And you got to think of House of the Dragon. No, series, Stop. Um, <laughs> um, if House of the Dragon it has 10 episodes. We've seen two of them. It goes to, uh, you got to think, uh, it's this Sunday, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That brings you to like end of October. I don't know what their other big, um, Sunday night show will be for the fall, but I know that it, not everything is on Sunday nights at HBO, but that's like their big night. So you think, last of us will take that sunday night slot um like hbo always has that one thing it seems like that keeps you you know subscribed right like at least right now it's game of thrones when's the white lotus season two coming is that change see that seems like more of a summary show to me right like going to a resort but a lot of people go to resorts in the winter right to escape the the cold i don't know when season i I loved the white lotus you should really watch it i gotta watch Um, it yeah T- television's um, always one of those things where it's like unless we're reviewing it for the show unless it really hooks me or it's cobra uh-huh. kai uh <laughs> you know like it's 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 harder to commit than to a film but i mean saying that you know like we watch movies that are two to three hours long sometimes and you know we'll watch as we are going into the fall festival season you know two to five movies a day sometimes. So, you know, like it's not that big of a stretch or like even talking about Dragon Ball Z, like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where like, I find television is more of a commitment. Like even with the first two episodes of house of, uh, of the dragon, like, it's just like, like I want to watch it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well the timing is not great. And it's also like, again, I still kind of feel a little burnt out by, by game of Thrones. It wasn't that long ago. Um, so I get that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and I'm usually, you know, I've been on more of a TV kick lately. And I think with, with Nevis, like we like to watch something together at all times. Right. So we try to pick something new, the bear, on FX really good. No, we're getting off topic though. So let's wrap this up. Uh, the last of us part one. Um, it's hard to say. I really do think it's worth it. Um, but I am a sucker for the last of us, like just having it in updated graphics and things like that. Like I definitely think is, is worth it, but that's me personally. So, um, and I am so, so pumped for the HBO show. Like I want a video game thing to be good, not even good. Great. And I have, I have a feeling this has the potential to be great. The and first I don't want, great video game adaptation. And I don't want to get my you know expectations too high or anything like that, but I have faith in HBO. I have faith in Craig Mazin. I have faith 
because I, again, I need to watch Chernobyl, but like it's good, it, man. It's I know, and like, but everyone else that's involved in it, the directors, the showrunners, like the actors, like it has the budget that they're putting into it. Like it has that potential. Um, and then I want people to see this, and then I want them to go, God damn, that was really fucking good after the first season. And then they go, This is based on a video game, and then they go. They can't afford a PS5 or they can't find a PS5, so they probably can't play The Last of Us Part 1. But if they can find a PS5 or get a PS5, they play The Last of Us Part 1. Then they play The Last of Us Part 2. And I know it's kind of a divisive game because of a whole bunch of different reasons, but it is absolutely incredible. And uh, I and like you said, I hope video game fans watch the show and go god damn that was a really good episode of tv who directed that and then go see some weird art house european cinema so yeah and also studios works. maybe look at if it's successful and, and is critically acclaimed if it does well it's like okay well let's look at how the last of us did it when we're adapting future video game you know movies or tv shows and and use that as a, a template instead of just completely... not everything needs to be adapted that's the thing does no, it already no, no, have no. a good story then maybe let's focus on what makes it a good story and yeah. then like but it but it can be done like that's the thing where it's like there's oh the floodgates really... will open which is yeah. a good and bad thing yeah right like maybe video games is... will be the new comic book movies after this i don't think so but it could happen like I, if Mario, if the Super Mario Brothers movie is also at least a lot of fun, like and, you know, on an illumination level of good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then I feel like with Last of Us and then Mario coming out probably soon after, like I know they're completely polar opposites, but they're both video game adaptations where the original creator is more involved in the creation of it that I feel like the floodgates could open and you might see more, you know, you might see the metal gear solid movie go into overdrive. You might, you know, see those stuff start to kind of move or maybe metal gear gets turned into a show or something like that. Well, hasn't metal gear kind of been in pre-production now for a little while with with Oscar Isaac. Yeah. And Jordan Voight Roberts. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is essentially escape from New York, right? Like that's, that's Kurt Russell's characters, uh, snake Plissken in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, well, the influence of the, the influence. Oh, and dude, that he, he wears that on it on his eye patch for sure. <laughs> yeah, like he uh, the character's name in the second Metal Gear, his alias that he uses is literally like, yeah, is that and Escape from um, New York? I mean, basically just took like a John Ford movie and and basically like Kurt Russell's doing isn't a version everything of John an iteration Wayne, so, of, yeah. of something? But um, you know, Kojima is one of those guys that is like Tarantino where he takes from a bunch of things and makes his own thing. Right. But we're getting off topic. Last of us part one. Great. Last of us in general. Phenomenal. Um, can't wait for the show. Uh, maybe wait to play the game after you see the show or maybe wait for a price drop. Um, but it's really going to be your, personal decision and i know that's why you don't come to reviews for video games you want to know should i spend money on this um and really it's like it is very faithful it is almost a shot for shot remake of that original game it feels better it plays better it looks better all of these things are true but it is very much the same story uh it's very much the same game so i think that's a personal choice of if that's worth that money um i think it is so thank you all for listening or watching i know this was a little bit of a different thing we'll experiment with stuff like this from time to time there are other video game franchises that i would love to review from a cinematic perspective of if the story is worth you know jumping in on easy mode if you're not a gamer or even jumping into play um if you are a gamer um so maybe we'll experiment with this a little bit more but we do have big plans for the last of us hbo series so i'm very excited for that so uh keep it locked here on untitled movie podcast and untitled movie reviews on youtube and podcast services if you want a one-stop shop for everything just head over to letterboxd uh, which is untitled underscore movies we post everything over there so that's probably your easiest spot to find us 
Um, we have a new episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast up that you guys should go check out. Uh, we talk about Fan Expo. We talk about Dragon Ball. We talk about House of the Dragon. We talk about other HBO shows like The Rehearsal. Um, we don't talk about video games all that much. Or Unless they're all. video game adaptations. Um, or I mean, No, I mean just in that episode. In yeah. general, I talk about video games all the time, yeah. but um we and tiff's coming up so um our schedule will be weird you're getting a video game review and conversation right before a film festival but most of our coverage over the next two three weeks are going to be reviews of films from the toronto international film festival uh your best bet is the podcast version which will be on podcast services uh everywhere just untitled movie reviews um, we will be throwing up audio versions on YouTube uh, if you want to get them that way as well. Um, follow me on all those social medias, social medias, social at, uh, medias. In, in Vancouver, Vancouver, BC. <laughs> no. uh, it's Alberta, uh, man, in Calgary, uh, I believe. Actually, <laughs> actually, uh, I'm declare it's this. We've been recording for too long. At Matt Rohrbeck. <laughs> Eric Marchini, uh, the moderator of this episode. Uh, you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene on social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> <laughs>